You're looking at the big picture with Edwin Eisentraff on WCPT 820. Welcome back. I'm joined by Cameron Stevenson. He's the managing editor of the Copper Courier. It's a digital newsroom in Arizona. Cameron, welcome. Hey, thanks, Edwin. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, time is uh, short before the polls close in Arizona. I'd like you to update us you know, on the governor's race, the senator's race, and the secretary of state race. And then let's talk about the vigilantes and the drop boxes. we got a lot to cover. So let's start with the governor's race. A little bit of time. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so the governor's race right now is, you know, if you're looking at polls, uh, it's neck and neck, uh, depending on who you ask, you know, either Carrie Lake, the Republican, or Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, is, you know, up or down by four or five points. Um, so it's statistically tied. Uh, a lot of it's going to come down to, uh, you know, how activated the Republican base is uh, compared to how wide of a coalition, coalition of voters uh, Katie Hobbs is able to bring together between Democrats, independents, and, and Republicans who don't support the far-right Trump slate of Republican candidates who are, um, who are on the ballot here in Arizona. And just so we're clear for the listeners, the uh, few who don't know about Carrie Lake, she is a full-on MAGA um, lunatic. But yeah, articulate, yeah. fun to watch, you know, really good on camera, you know, very clear on her message. But what's coming out of her mouth is anti-democratic, hate elections, you know, I mean, just nonsense. Yeah. So she she was a, a news anchor here locally for decades. Uh, household name, billboards all over the place. Very much knows how to work a camera, very charismatic. Um, you know, just someone that is, is very good with people. Uh, but what she's saying, like you said, is uh, a lot of lies, a lot of inaccuracies, uh, a lot of fear, hate. Um, in those things, you know, they, they rile up certain voters, but I, I don't think in the end it's going to be enough to put her over the edge. Well, that would be interesting. Um, Let's turn to, I mean, Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, to be clear, has been, um, she made her um, name, at least out of the state, for the work she did to assure election integrity in Arizona. Yes, yeah, she's our Secretary of State right now. Uh, she won statewide ele- uh, election in 2018, so she's proven that she is popular among Arizona voters. And she was the one who was able to certify the election here in, in 2020. Um, she has been very much a defender of fair and free elections. And she has faced some severe repercussions for that. Herself and her family members have been getting death threats uh, ever since the 2020 election. Uh, and look, she, after you know, what happened last night to Nancy Pelosi's husband, we know that we have to take this very seriously. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, these aren't harmless threats. There, there have actually been several people who have been charged and arrested by the FBI because they have been threatening elections here in Arizona. Um, we'll, let, we'll get to that part of the story in a minute. Let's turn to the U.S. Senate race. Yeah. So the Senate race, uh, again, depending on who you ask, which polls you're looking at. Uh, is either very close or Mark Kelly has a substantial and comfortable lead. Uh, now, that race is, is a lot more tied to national politics. You know, people are looking at what's happening in Congress, what's happening in the White House. 
But by and large, Mark Kelly has been a very popular senator. He's been someone who, in, you know, in a similar vein to Kirsten Sinema and to some extent John McCain, has positioned himself as you know an independent thinker who's working for Arizonans. Uh, you know, he has a large array of prominent Republicans who have backed him. Uh, he's proven in the past that he has the support of independents. Uh, whereas Blake Masters, his Republican opponent is, again, a very extreme fringe candidate who won the primary because he was able to rile up a very, you know, rabid Republican base here. Uh, but he hasn't done anything to to sway people in the middle or let alone people on the left since he won the primary. Uh, you know, he's anti-abortion. He is uh, you know, anti-climate. Uh, he doesn't really have any any positive plans for the state or the country. Sounds like the perfect MAGA candidate. Yeah. 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 You know, he's, he's backed by Peter Thiel, which is you know, a, a MAGA donor in the millions. Um, and, uh, and yeah. So, so everybody's listening. Same, same. Hang on. Just so everybody listening knows mm-hmm. same donor who's uh, uh, bankrolling uh, uh, JD in um, uh, Ohio. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he's looking to have two senators that, that he owns, that the people don't own. It's just a hideous thing um, when you can have unlimited amounts of money and dark money in politics. Really awful. OK, so that's the that's the Senate race. And I, I'm going to let your comment about Kristen Cinema just slide for the moment. Um, <laughs> But we'll, t- we'll we'll come back to that in another era. Um, but right yeah. now, you know, so so you have Mark Kelly, the astronaut, who's been there, who's done a credible job against a you know sort of uh, dog bone chewing MAGA guy, and it's not a yeah. runaway. It's still he could he could the MAGA guy can win. I mean, it's it's not a uh, certainty, which is also yeah. frightening. Let's yeah, turn to the Secretary of State. Now, this is now that now now that the current Secretary of State and champion of fair elections is running for governor, that you're going to have a Secretary of State that may not protect elections. Yeah, and this is where uh, just how the ballot breaks down, you know, down ballot is really going to impact our our election system and our state as a whole, you know, into the next few years. Uh, so there's a voting conspiracist, Mark Fincham, who's the Republican running for Secretary of State. Um, he's, you know, he's been, he went to the January 6th insurrection. He didn't go in the Capitol, but he was there scheduled to speak. Uh, he has, in our state legislature, he proposed dozens of, uh, you know, voter restrictive, uh, bills that didn't make it. Uh, he wants to get rid of our early voting system here entirely. And he wants to take the results of elections away from the voters. He wants to put it in the hands of elected officials. Uh, so, you know, if, if our state is run by Republicans, in theory, they he wants to make it so even if a Democrat wins election, that the Republicans could override that and choose the Republican as the winner to put in office. I know people don't believe it. It's just too shocking to believe that they would actually behave this way. But people should really believe it when they tell us what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's tried several times uh, in the legislature, and it's it's his intention. He's not trying to hide it. He's very open about it. Uh, but I think you're right. I think people maybe just 
think that it's talk. Uh, and so it, it may not be taken seriously, but it absolutely should be. All right. And Mr. Fincham is running against who on the Democratic side? Yeah, so he's running against Adrian Fontes. He was the county recorder uh, for Maricopa County in 2020. And so he's the one who administered those elections. And what he did there was used as a model nationwide for for early voting, just how to collect the ballots, how to distribute them, how to make sure they're all counted securely and fairly, and how to basically allow as many people access to voting as possible. Um, so he's very familiar with the role with the responsibilities. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, and he is and taking marks. Even the cyber ninjas found nothing amiss. And, and they tore yeah. everything apart looking for bamboo, right? But they found nothing. <laughs> yeah. They, right? So he's yeah, been battle tested. I, I would consider them uh, credible in any sense. But there were also independent audits that were by recognized um, you know, election auditors who also found no discrepancies, no issues. Uh, you know, he's run tried and true elections. He knows so he's obviously he's winning in a landslide, right? Uh, see, uh, I would love to say that, uh, but last time I checked, uh, there's a, a large margin. I think about 15% are still undecided in this race. And part of it is because it's, it's a down-ballot election. It doesn't get as much playtime, uh, you know, airtime as, you know, governor, Senate, Congress. And so a lot of people are... You know, as of a few weeks ago, we're still unsure who to vote for in this election. I think as it gets, you know, now that people have ballots and they're looking through and they're doing research, I would hope that they're looking into both candidates. And when you compare the two, it's it's a clear answer. You know, who is qualified, let alone uh, capable of of handling our election system. So, Cameron, but it's been clear in all three of the races we've just talked about, the differences are so big governor, senator, and secretary of state. Um, but Arizona is is a red and a blue state, and it, uh, it's nervous-making. Yeah. No, you know, if you look at the previous elections, uh, even in 2020 when, when Biden took the state and, and Mark Kelly won his uh, race to be in the Senate, uh, Maricopa County, the county elections all went Republican. Uh, the legislature stayed a Republican legislature, and it's it's all about getting that getting those down, down ballot races to mean as much as as the big ticket items. Um, now there yep. is some interesting data points I can I can bring up regarding our early voting so far. Um, Let's hear it. In, so yeah, so in in 2018, around this time, um, in 2018 is, is again when Kirsten Sinema won. Uh, we had that's when. Uh, Katie Hobbs won. At this time of early voting, uh, the Republican Party had 107,000 ballot advantage, like meaning that 107,000 more Republicans had voted at this time than Democrats. Uh, this time around, 2022, uh, Democrats have a 23,000 advantage. And so, it, you know, what we're seeing is that there is a lot of enthusiasm on the Democratic side. Uh, now, the Republican side, a lot of that could be because their candidates and elected officials have spent the past two to four years um, telling people that it's not safe to vote early. And so we are expecting a lot of Republicans to be voting day of. Um, yep. But there's our, our, you know, we're already seeing a, a significant advantage on the Democratic side. All right. So let's turn to early voting. Um, Arizona uses drop boxes. And, 
you're, you're now famous across the country for your uh, armed, right. yeah, yeah, your, your armed armchair sitters who are, um, in some instances, referred to the FBI for uh, uh, trying to intimidate voters dropping off their their ballots. What is all that about? Yeah, so that again, it goes into you know years of. Um, violent and dangerous rhetoric that Republicans have been saying about voting, um, along with the debunked, you know, pseudo documentary, 2000 mules that alleged that people were, you know, dropping off more ballots than they should have been. Uh, that has led to an organization called clean elections USA that is encouraging people to go to ballot drop boxes and basically wait and watch and, and people, because, they are expecting to find cheaters. Um, they're coming with weapons for, for whatever reason, tactical. Uh, it might also have to do with the fact that the Arizona Republican Party offered a $50,000 reward for anyone who caught someone committing voter fraud. And so they put a, they put a bounty out on voters, essentially. Um, now, what they're doing is intimidating, um, although a judge has at this point allowed them to to remain where they're doing to do has allowed them to keep doing what they're doing under the first amendment um now i don't fault the judge for that i I don't fault. i mean that's a tough call you know the right to peaceably assemble is deep in our society and if they sit there and they don't bother anybody well they can sit there and soak up the nice arizona sun but if they if they (laughs) walk across the street with a weapon in hand and say to somebody you shouldn't be dropping anything off here. You know, you're a mule. Then they should uh, be arrested and carted off and charged with voter intimidation. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, some of them have been talking to voters and people have reported it and they are being investigated because of that. Um, yep. Because, yeah, but that's that's kind of where, you know, their First Amendment rights end when they're infringing on someone else's safety and protection in a village to yeah. vote. And you say they're being investigated. Cases were referred to the FBI. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right. Look, at one other race got my attention, and it is it got my attention because it's so different than the rest of the politics we have this cycle. You have something in Arizona that we don't have in, in a lot of other states called the Corporation Commission. And I, I, you know, I want you to explain what that is. And then it got my attention because you guys published pieces on two of the candidates who view, whose views, wow, they could not be more different. But it was a throwback to a better time because the differences weren't about lies. They were just huge differences on policy. Um, and I, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And I'd love you to talk a minute about that commission, what it does, and then uh, the, you know, the two views. I think it's interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, and I got to be honest, when I first, <laughs> I've lived here my whole life, when I first found out what the Corporation Commission was, <laughs> and I was very surprised at how it all worked. Uh, but basically the way it goes is our utilities here, so electric, water, gas, they're run by private corporations. Um, and those private corporations are regulated by a five-member body, which is a, uh, that's elected by the public, known as the Corporation Commission. And they set regulations. They determine whether or not these corporations can raise or lower their rates, um, and then they can hold them accountable as well. Um, and we we saw that 
there was an instance where they had been raising rates beyond what was acceptable and it led to people in the summer, their power being turned off and people died because of it. And mm-hmm. so they, you know, they can hold people accountable for that. They kind of determine how solar can be implemented, how electric vehicle chargers can be distributed throughout the state and, and how, and how the state tackles climate or addresses climate issues uh, from, you know, a utility standpoint. So they really have a lot of power, but it's a, kind of a complex role. And, and so it really doesn't get a lot as much attention as I think it deserves. But it's elected. I mean, other states have public utility commissions or boards usually appointed, but yours is elected. Okay, so now you have two people running, one who is an environmentalist and the other who is a corporatist who just says, you know what, you shouldn't regulate any of this and you should just leave it all to the utilities to figure out how to get cheap electricity to people. Yeah, exactly. So, so the first one that you mentioned was uh, Lauren Kuby. She's a former uh, city council member for the city of Tempe. Um, and yeah, she's, she's a climate expert. Um, she, you know, she's, a, she teaches at ASU. Uh, she just has extensive knowledge on ways to protect climate, uh, protect our water, preserve our water, which is a big issue here and do it in a way that is equitable to people and also holds these corporations accountable. Uh, and one of her opponents uh, is Kevin Thompson. He's a Republican. Um, he wants to get rid of things like vehicle subsidies. Uh, he, he doesn't think that if you buy an electric vehicle, you should be incentivized because of that. Um, he also wants to get rid of incentives for things like solar, uh, which is a large reason that people get solar here. Um, it's, it's an expensive investment. And so being able to get some money back on that really helps people decide to, to take that plunge. Um, and so, yeah, he wants to get rid of those sort of things. He's, you know, fine with coal, uh, doesn't think that the government should be in the business of regulating corporations, uh, which is kind of a tricky thing for someone who wants to be a regulator to, to take that stance. Well, okay, so that can't be close either, but it, it is, isn't it? It, it is, and a lot of it has to do with just the complexity of the role. You know, people hear the, the word governor. They know what a governor does. People know what the U.S. Senate is. They see things like Corporation Commission, and you know, they may not know what it is, um, but they may think to themselves that they're, you know, if they're fiscally conservative uh, in that sense, they, they may have a tendency to, to lean towards a Republican candidate without even fully knowing what their stance are or what the position entails. So it's, it's going to be a close one. And this one, I think, is a lot of it's going to come out to youth voter turnout. Uh, climate issues are a big priority for, for the younger generation. Uh, mm-hmm. And so though, you know, though, those voters, if they turn out, and it's looking like they have so far, um, the majority of, of youth vote, you know, Gen Z, millennials that are polled, say climate is one of their top issues. And so if they turn out... Uh, there's a better chance for these positions going to climate experts, people who are concerned about, about climate issues. Well, it looks like a lot of the difference um, in, in, in the outcome of these elections is going to be how um, citizens who don't really follow the news closely, don't follow politics closely, how they vote. Right. Because people who read the news every day, they know the differences between these candidates and they, their minds are made up. They've, 
they figured it out. But there are a lot of voters who, thank God, have other things to do with their lives and are not (laughs) spending them like I spend mine. Right. And they and they're out there doing really interesting things. And but they don't have a lot of information and they're not going to spend the money to buy have a newspaper subscription. And they're not, you know, not all of them have cable TV subscriptions. So they get limited news. Right. Yeah. We're trying to do something about that, too. Yes, definitely. And one of the things that sounds like it's helpful, but actually I think uh, in some cases might be more disenfranchising than encouraging is that, so we do early voting. So people have been, you know, early voters got their ballots a few weeks ago. Uh, Along with your ballot comes a a voter guidebook where it lists all of the candidates, all of the ballot proposition has information about all of them. So you can, you have the research right there. The problem is it's about 300 pages. (laughs) And so it's, uh, you know, if, if you're not reading the news, if if you're not watching the news, you're probably not going to read through a 300-page pamphlet. Um, and so what, what we do is, you know, we try and break down the news and what these candidates are for in as, one, in as simple terms as possible. Um, you know, we try not to get too complicated or too into the weeds, into political jargon or this, you know, political insidery stuff that most people don't care about. And a lot of it really doesn't matter. Um, and we also are very proactive in the way that we distribute news, um, you know, similar to how back in the day there were paper boys who would, you know, for the New York Times, they're going to Manhattan. For the Boston Globe, they'd go to Boston. They wouldn't go to other cities or states because um, that's where their audience is. Um, we do very similar. We do, we boost our news um, in certain regions so that, you know, people in Tempe can know about what we're reporting on candidates in Tempe. People in Legislative District 9 can know about the candidates in District 9. Because uh, it doesn't do us much good if people in Tucson are reading about candidates in Flagstaff. Right. And you're talking about about distribution of your news online, right? You don't yeah, have a paywall, exactly. but you're, you're alerting people yeah. about these stories online. Really, it's yeah, a really yeah, interesting we, strategy to get at voters who, you know, otherwise are are not they just don't have a regular news source. Exactly. And another thing that we do, we're very proactive with is uh, doing reporting directly on the social media. Uh, there's a lot of our stories that live solely on Instagram. Uh, a lot of our stories are our videos on TikTok. Uh, you know, we, we do things on Facebook, Twitter, uh, of course, but a lot of people who don't aren't interested in news, don't have time for it. Um, they may not go to your article, an article on our website, but they they will scroll through a carousel or watch a video on TikTok or, or Instagram, and and we're we're seeing a lot of success there, where we're reaching people who otherwise um, either aren't getting information or are getting misinformation or disinformation from uh, you know fake news corporations outlets. Right. So I mean, I meant to talk to you only about the politics and the elections because that's really the moment we're in, but. Always the conversations come back to journalism and how voters learn the information that they need to learn in order to be the sovereigns that the Constitution says they are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's really our role is to get people the news uh, no matter how they can receive it. Cameron, what's next week going to look like in terms of campaigning? Uh, is it going to be crazy? I mean, up here, you know, President Obama is in Wisconsin uh, stumping for a Senate candidate uh, today. Um, what, what's, com- what's coming in the next week in Arizona? 
Yeah. So right now we do have, you know, high profile people coming through. Uh, Barack Obama did recently endorse Katie Hobbs. Um, and then if you're looking on the other side, uh, Glenn Kidd came recently in stump for uh, Carrie Lake. And so we, we have high profile people coming in. A lot of money is getting poured into the state, uh, you know, a lot of dark money. Um, but there's also a lot of on the ground voter outreach. Uh, and one of the nice things about early voting is once you vote, uh, the campaign stop reaching out to you uh, because they're only reaching out to people who haven't voted yet. And so it, it's really, you know, fine tuning their messaging for people who have their ballots yet, but haven't returned them. Uh, a lot of door to door contact, a lot of texting, a lot of phone calls. Um, it's, it's really, you know, from, from the democratic side, anyway, a lot of it is, is them just reaching out to voters, addressing their concerns and, and, talking the ballot through with them so that people can understand because it's, it is overwhelming when you get a ballot in the mail and it's front and back and there's all these positions you probably have never heard of, uh, you know, and, and we have a bunch of judges on there and ballot propositions. Uh, it's overwhelming. And so that, that one-on-one personal contact really goes a long way. Well, all right. So good luck out there next week. Say stay, stay safe and keep telling everybody what's going on. And, um, uh, I'm really interested in that drop box and those vigilantes out front. I hope nobody gets shot. Oh, I'm just, you know, the temptation to escalate is so big and, um, yeah. I hope it doesn't happen. Yep. Me too. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're hopefully, hopefully bracing for after the election too. It, it takes about 10 days for us to count our ballots. And, and in 2020, we saw, um, people getting increasingly more aggressive as the ballots were being counted. Um, and so we're, oh. we're very hopeful and, and, and really, you know, we don't want any violence here. Uh, we just want our free and fair elections to continue. And, and I assume that steps have been taken to make sure the count can be had in securely and people don't storm the facility and all of that. Yeah. 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 They've, they've upped security. Um, they're, they're, you know, very careful to, to protect the election workers, both the employees and the volunteers. Um, and thankfully, we have a lot of dedicated election workers who are you know, putting their lives at risk, essentially, uh, to make sure that the democratic process continues. Most Americans believe in elections. They believe in democracy. They're willing to volunteer. They're willing to work for it. Um, it's a sm- smaller minority that's trying to impose all this nonsense on the rest of us. And hopefully we will stand up and be counted. Cameron, thank you very, very much for this update. Uh, I look forward to keeping a careful eye on the news that you guys produce in the next couple weeks. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Always good you time. bet. All right, that was Cameron Stevenson, the managing editor of the Copper Courier. You're listening to The Big Picture with Edwin Eisendrath on WCPT 820.